Amen. That's part of our calling is to be set apart uh, and set apart for the mission. We sung a song uh, that talks about the cross setting us free. What did the cross set us free from? You can interact. It's okay. I know it's early. What did it set us free from? Condemnation. Did you realize that it set us free from the penalty of sin? Faith in Christ sets us free from the penalty of sin, but Paul also tells us it sets us free from the power of sin. So the question, and I think it ties in very well with this morning's message, is why do we keep picking it back up? Right? Why do we keep bringing that back into our lives, the things that we've been set free from? Our thoughts, our actions, our attitudes, are those sort of things that creep into our lives where the flesh just pops back out. Why? When we've been set free from the power of sin in our lives. And this morning we're going to take a kind of look at that. Did you, do you realize that right now we are 1,440 minutes from yesterday? Right? Where's my John? John, right? Did you spend it all last yesterday, John? No. Well, you couldn't carry any over till right now. All right, so I'm sorry I can't give you that again now because you didn't spend it. But you would be that amount of time right now. 1,440 minutes. How did you use that time since our last session till now? Right? What was wasted? What was spent well? What was spent on you? What was spent on others? That was kind of the bottom line of yesterday is to make the most of every opportunity as we walk and talk in our relationship with the Lord and others. Uh, this morning, I just need two volunteers, a guy and a girl, if that's all right. First hand up. Come on up, man. I do need a girl, too. though. Excellent. You are? John. Of course you are. <laughs> John. Are you John? John, excellent. Uh, over in the corner, if you guys would just grab a balloon and work your way back on over here. We have been traveling through the, the heart of compassion and really the kind of the theme thought that I want us to kind of continue to remember is that our conduct flows from our character our character is rooted in our calling, and our calling's established through Christ. This morning, we're kind of about halfway through that uh, statement as we kind of focus on a few things. And these guys are going to help me uh, do some things that are kind of important for us here. So if you want to just kind of go right beside the other John, that would be great. <laughs> and if you could grab a pin for me, any color. This morning, uh, we have three balloons, which have three balloons in them. And what uh, the goal is, is, is I really just kind of visually want you to imagine that this is you personally, right? This is your life and your heart inside of your lives. This is you, heritage, community. You gather together here this morning. This is you as a body and the heart of who heritage is. And this is Cambridge and your community, kind of who it is, and then the heart of the individuals or people that 
are within our community. And, and really what we want to do is we want to get to the heart of the issue, right? That's kind of the bottom line. And so this morning, I just need you to kind of, uh, without popping the outer balloon, which is the person or the group, uh, I want you to get to the heart of the issue. So I need you to pop the inner balloon, Yeah, go ahead. Oh. That's good. He actually got it into the balloon. Now, you, you can probably... S- oh, good job. That's great. Thanks, John. John? You can just set them down. That's great. Uh, if you'd like. Sure, go ahead. It's a very difficult task. If you blow up a balloon inside a balloon to actually pop the inner balloon, uh, John, number one, did a really good job of trying to get through there. I don't know if you went through the, where I tied it up, but a balloon, as it's blowing up, really the membrane gets bigger and it's very difficult without getting through there. Like with a pin, you would really have to be very careful. I used what I'm going to call the Band-Aid of help. Right? So if you actually put a piece of tape on a part of the balloon and push through the tape of the balloon, you can actually get to the middle part of it. All right. Now with that analogy, I want you to keep in mind as we travel through this morning, because this morning we want to get a little personal and a little community-oriented. Because to get to compassion for the community, you need to travel through compassion for individually and corporately before you get to community outside. And so it's very important. Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, probably a very, very familiar passage to most of you. But again, let's just read this, thinking through the theme of a heart of compassion. Philippians chapter 2 Paul is writing here, he says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than themselves. Each of you should not look only on his own interests, but also on the interests of others. And then goes through with a very familiar passage of how Christ took on the form of a servant. Uh, It's interesting, the goal of that first few verses really centers around the word humility, which we're going to grab and use this morning. And then humility and the way in which it's fleshed out is kind of described by Paul here as well. 
I believe that it's important that the Word of God is foundational for us. Uh, And actually tomorrow we're going to get into a little bit deeper as to how we can live out compassion based on who God is, what Jesus had done to demonstrate it, and what we're called to. And so that gets us to that final marker of our calling is really through Christ. And so we'll get to that tomorrow as we look through that uh, area. Uh, I've been in, I was in youth ministry for many, many years uh, and loved every aspect of it. And it's interesting, as you're designing your uh, outreach program, I've seen that you have a few different target areas, some door-to-door and some downtown nightlife, and then another ministry to maybe some homeless and, and those who are in need in the community. And I think those things are great, and those things are needed. And as being in youth ministry, I recall many times, like we set up at one point where we had uh, the high school behind us, the church was in front, and we had a thousand homes on a hundred acres, which isn't really a lot. It looked basically like a, uh, a really small community on a very small piece of property. But we had many of those students who had to go by the church to get to high school, and they walked every day. And so what we set up was a hot dog uh, thing after school, just right out in front of the church, because we tried to do it like a drop-in center, but if you, were, if you were a high school student passing through, you would be probably the same, right? It's like, I'm not going in there. And so decided that, well, the only way to really impact the community of kids that are coming through is to go to the street and meet them. And what better way than after school to offer hot dogs, chips, you know, water, and things like that to get there. We had a great turnout. I moved into the church planting scenario, and we are right beside the high school in Bell River. And so we're thinking, well, this is great. Why not do the same thing? And as we did, we had zero stop. Who's going to stop by? They, we hadn't built any kind of connection with the community as they traveled by, and so they never stopped. They were kind of very leery and, for the most part, wanted to get home. And, so, and a lot of them drove on the bus uh, or drove themselves to school. And so you have to sometimes adjust and adapt, right, to your methodology, but the target was still the same thing. And so what we did is decided, well, I see all these kids at lunch heading over to Tim Hortons and pizza and stuff, so we'll set up the hot dogs at lunch, and we had a better opportunity to connect with our community. And sometimes that's what you have to do, right, is decide, how am I going to do this? Uh, but as far as in youth ministry, do you recall games like clumps, You call out a number and people have to get together in a group, right? And then no one else could get in to that group because you had your number. And then those who were left out, what happened? You go sit down. You're out of the game. You just, you can't do that. We also had a game where we'd get all the guys together and they'd make a big knot holding each other. And then the girls had time that they had to try to undo the knot, pull it. If you got somebody loose, then they were out of that Form, right? That not. So what we're going to do this morning is uh, my challenge to you is that we need to reflect on ourselves personally, but I also want you to reflect on yourselves as a community because the enemy wants to attack both. He wants to attack you, but he also wants to attack you as a community because if he can get somebody out... <laughs> He can disrupt that whole thing. 
And you think, well, okay, I understand that analogy, but what's that have to do with compassion and the community? I believe the greatest impact or a greater impact is your unity as a group on your community, right? What does Matthew say? A city on a hill. Jesus says through that, right? A city on a hill shines bright. Heritage is on a, a hill. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You actually are a light to your community, but they're also watching not only your walk, but your walk as a group. I'm going to help you kind of remember what we're going to talk about as marks or characteristics of compassion through an acronym. And it just happened that I, got, I was able to grab this word. These are not exclusive uh, in nature as far as the only characteristics of compassion, but there are a few I just want to quickly center on this morning, and we're going to look at the word ashes. And I'm, I'm finding this very fascinating because if you think of ashes for a minute, there's a few very interesting uses of the word ashes. Ashes was connected in the Bible with repentance. It was connected uh, with mourning over our sin. It was connected with grief. If you covered your head with ashes, it was a token of humiliation or humility. And ashes was actually used in the ceremonial instructions to make somebody clean again. An unclean, clean. And so ashes is a very important uh, symbol, I believe. Another use of the word ashes can picture for you, if you picture a handful of ashes and you have them, I know that's going to be hot, it's going to burn your hands, but picture yourself with ashes. There's a little light there, there's a little heat there, right? And, and that's really important. But then imagine together you just put them all together. We here today put all our ashes together. Can you imagine the light and heat that that produces? The impact that that has as we enter into our community. So these are things that I believe are our calling as believers, but I believe they're also our calling together uh, to a higher standard as a community. I don't know how many of you are here for learning for a year and then think that's an amazing thing? Or how many of you are saying, you know, I really feel God's calling me to ministry kind of as a vocation, as a full-time, as like my whole life. I, I don't know how, where you're at with this, but I believe that these principles are for each one of us because you are in a training ground here. And if you can't flesh out compassion here, it's very difficult to have an impact out there. There are people who hurt, who are struggling, who have challenges and difficulties here. And so first, we need to think, how do I minister compassion to this group? Who here needs my Love, compassion, mercy, grace in their lives. So here's ashes. Number one, a marker of being a, 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 a true follower of Christ and having compassion in my heart is this, an attitude of a servant. Mark 10.45 talks that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. 
He's a, he's a model for us that we are to be servants. If you are entering, whether you're entering into the ministry or not, but if you are entering into the ministry, that's your goal. Guess what you are? A table server. You are a servant, a table servant. And, and believe me, after years of ministry, we will attest to you that that's what you are going to be called to. You're called to serve. Yes, you have a responsibility and a role that God will place you in in His body, but you are called to serve that body. You're called to, to, to do whatever it takes. To, to humble yourselves before them and say, I, I'll do, I'll serve you in whatever ways I need to serve you. And, and that can be as easy, and then believe me, if you're a church planter, I know, it can be cleaning the bathrooms at the facility you're in. It could be cutting the grass at the facility you're in. It could be setting up the chairs. It could be doing a lot of different things that you go, wait a minute, I am the pastor here. Yeah, I'm the servant here. And so do you have an attitude of service, first of all, here amongst yourselves? Who can you serve? And how can you serve them well and joyfully? Secondly, humble. Uh, sorry, secondly, in our ashes would be spirit-filled. Are you controlled and, and led by the Spirit of God in your lives? Right? The Bible talks much about being controlled by the Spirit. Romans 8, 1 to 17 really lays out for us we can live in the flesh or we can live controlled by the Spirit. Are we living controlled by the Spirit? Oh, well, how do I do that? any time in the word, in prayer, and in secret. The, the secret of the Christian life is really one word, in secret. What do you do in secret? Your learning is great and it's needed, but remember your time set apart for the Lord. Because it's in secret that the Lord works on our hearts and controls us through his spirit, through his word. Number three is humble. In humility, even Philippians says, consider others. Colossians 3 that we looked at last yesterday talked about being humble and compassionate. Ephesians 4, 6. Do we have the characteristic of humility? Because that is almost key for compassion. Why? Because if I want to show compassion, it will require humility. There may be circumstances or situations that I will face where I realize I need to lower me. Be of low standing, in a sense, maybe, so that I can humbly meet somebody else's needs. Humble. Evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Right, Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And again, if you've been in the church long, you've probably heard many times the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Right? These are really just evidences of what God's doing and working through your life. And He, he shows it through the Spirit's work as he, as he shows these characteristics and qualities and virtues in your life. Are you being filled with the fruit of the Spirit? Are you demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit? Because it, believe me, in this scenario... And in life ministry, you will need to be people that demonstrate grace, gentleness, kindness, mercy. Ah, oh, but I just want to be a leader. 
then you need those qualities and virtues. Right? It's been said, you can be a leader, but if nobody's following, what kind of leader? Right? We want to be people that lead by our lifestyle. And that requires the fruit of the Spirit being an evidence of something that's in our lives. And finally, sincere. Sincere. What's sincere? Um, love must be sincere. It's actually right on your verse here at Heritage. It's real, genuine, trustworthy. Don't say one thing to one person and then another to another person is really what it's saying, right? I'm real, I'm genuine. It's not saying one thing and doing another thing. I've used a picture of pottery, and does anyone realize why? Good, Bible school students, and I get to teach something new. That's great. Because the word sincere really does, from its root, come from a word that is without wax. Okay, and you're thinking, okay, so what's the connection? Well, sin, the word sin in, the, in sincere is without. Sarah is wax, without wax. Well, I am told that pottery in the days were used and formed, and they were very useful and handy for many different things. Water and carrying and storing, but also of value, so that they could be, be some sort of thing, that, of symbol of value. And what happened was many times through the process, it gets very hard and brittle and cracks. And a merchant would take something like wax and fill in the crack and still want to present that as genuine. And so to the person who's just calm and looking would not know the difference and could be buying something that was not truly formed, not truly uh, being able to hold things like it should, not do the job that it should uh, because it was now filled with wax. What's the only way to identify whether or not that pottery is waxed or not? Is to put it to the light. So those with a keen mind looking for something would put it up to the light and realize, whoa, wait a minute, this is fake. It's not real. It's a deceiver. It's, it's not genuine. And what we're really being asked here is, are you genuine? I didn't say without cracks. Understand that. We're flawed people. Paul even says, right? We're just vessels of clay, hard-pressed and persecuted and beaten, and, and our bodies are, are getting all this uh, impact. You know, it's not that we're without cracks, but are we sincere, genuine, not fake? You live in a community here. It can be easy to put up the mask. Oh, yeah, we all, you know, spiritually, we're all right here. It's okay, good. And I give that imp impression. I don't want people to know what's going on inside or what my struggles, what my battles are, uh, you know, what my thinking is or what my questions are about faith. I'm at a Bible college. But believe me, I know, because I have been, that there are some who struggle who are going through difficult times, who deal with depression or thoughts or questions. 
And God asks us to live out sincere. I'm not saying you open all your baggage up. I'm saying just don't always live like you're giving this impression when what's happening down low really needs help. Right? And find that in Christ and then find that in each other. Come alongside each other. Help each other. Be there for one another. It's important to live out compassion, and love without wax. We're not just covering it with a band-aid and moving on. This is who we are. And we need to come alongside one another. Remember, Jesus transformed us from selfish sinners Right? We, we really were our selfish sinner on the way, and he's, he transformed us into sincere lovers of others. Flesh that out here in this community. How can I come alongside and be a help, a love, a compassionate, merciful person in this midst? Because I believe you will have a greater impact heritage in your community as you weave together. Philippians chapter 2 goes on to talk about Jesus being the ultimate model. And we're going to get into Jesus a little bit, but I just want you to take your hands for a moment and close them. Because really the the other passage of, of Philippians here is talking about grasping and Jesus being the ultimate model. He did not grasp his his position, right? And in a sense, we have the same uh, thing that we have to flesh out in our lives. So if you close your hands and then you try to connect next to you, what will happen? It isn't going to happen. It's just a, yeah, it's a, like we do, right? Hey, man, it's good. And that really is very sincere, right? No, not really. But if we release and do not grasp ourselves, looking for the opportunities, how can I connect that, that heritage? You will, and I know I'm not going to ask you because that's kind of cheesy, but uh, you would be able to connect with those around you in a real powerful way. So friend, this morning, what attitude, thought, Action, do you need to bring to the Savior this morning of what's going on in your heart? Right? Personally, what, what is it that you go, okay, God, you know what? I really desire a heart of compassion. I, that's, that's the goal. That's what I want from my life. Whether it's here, out there, in ministry, that's what you've called me to do, and I need to have compassion. It's a very key component. But we need to start here and go, well, what then do I need to surrender, God? What is it that I got to bring to you? What is it that I got to bring to the light? And say, God, I surrender it. I'm not going to pick it back up. You've you've given me the power through the cross to live this out. And and so with your help, God, I just want to lay it down. I want to bring it to you. And it may be just, you know what, I'm really struggling with somebody in here. I'm really struggling with this thought. Or I'm really struggling with, with what's going on inside my mind or these questions I have. And I just want to bring them to you, God, this morning and say, this is, 
This is what I want to lay at your feet and help me. And secondly, heritage, what is the things that we need to bring and put under the light as a group? Together. Because you go, you know what? If we want to have a great community impact together, we need to be together. And so there may need to be something that you need to consider that needs to be brought under the light so that you can encourage one another, right? And be free to do that. You need to show compassion to one another by living it out here in this community. God, I just pray for each one of these guys and girls here this morning. I've been there. I know many of the challenges, not all of them, that can go with a community like this. It's great because we are usually on the same goal and the same pattern of what we want to do and accomplish, and and we've got lots of learning going on. Uh, But Lord, this is also a training ground for how we interact with one another, how we show compassion to one another, how we uh, flesh out our relationships together. And those can be difficult and challenging. We our individuals trying to work together as a community. So I just pray for heritage. God, that you would bring these student, this student body together in a powerful way. Because of the cross, Lord, we've not only been freed from the, part of, or the penalty of sin, but the power of sin. And you can unify this group together to be a powerful testimony, witness, light on this hill in, in Cambridge. So I pray, God, that the community impact would just flow out of that as we pour our hearts out to you this morning. In Jesus' name.